Welcome, my friends. I'm Teddy Ninja here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Brad, otherwise known as Bradsifer. And we can't stop snapping. This is Can't Stop Snapping, episode 69. It's a very nice summer nice. intro here. Brad, how's summer treating you? It's fucking hot. It's yeah, so yeah, yeah. hot. Like, okay, so I live in Florida. I'm like in the Tampa area. Ooh, and uh, so I started a new job with the county, yep. the county that I reside in. Um, and uh, I had to do what's called a ride along today because there's. Um, there's uh, people that go around the county and like like check on certain things people's homes and stuff and i have to be aware of what that is in order to do my job um so i did a ride along and it's just hot it's oh, just man. hot yes i was it was it was from 8 a.m to noon which isn't even the hottest part of the day right and i'm just like i want to die i want to die it, yeah. it's uh not fun being in this state it is simultaneously the worst <laughs> state to live in for multitude of reasons while also being a, a pretty cool state to live in uh oh, yeah. for other but the, but the, the scales it, aren't it takes, as balanced it takes the anymore. extremes okay so I, I have this do you agree with this florida is the only state that is geographically in the south that actually you have to go north in the state and it becomes more southern Correct. Yeah. Once you get into the panhandle right, area, yeah. like <laughs> along uh, like Tallahassee and stuff like that. Yeah. Now there's, there's a difference though. So sure. in the, in central Florida, uh, when you, you have Tampa, right. And then you kind of go inland. It's so there's two things. It's either you go more North or more inland. The closer you are oh, to the really? water, okay, it the gets more blue, right. And then gotcha. it gets more, more red in country, like in the center. Um, okay. and so, yeah, cause you, for example, where I live, 15 years ago when we first originally moved in this location uh everything around this area was just cows and like just random farms and shit yeah and now uh there's uh there's a huge outlet mall like where nice. i just remember i remember driving past this area and just being like cow 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 and now it's just like all these different like restaurants shops and stuff like that the traffic is miserable and it's yeah. weird but it's still very much like the people are pretty like it's not like yeah. a southern twang thing, right? They're not talking sure, sure. like a southerner, but it's they still have that uh the the, the political leanings and uh and the overall um like that southern hospitality a little bit, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I could see that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's but Florida's weird. It's the weirdest state. It's it's like I said, it's the worst state. It's the best state. It's everything. It's it's <laughs> Florida and, man headlines. Ah, uh, exactly. The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever done that? The 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 like find your own headline where you type in uh, Florida man and then put in your birthday. I in have Google? actually not. I'm wait, okay. We'll do that and we'll have it to share for the next episode. How about we do that? That sounds like yeah. a great way to be able to give us a uh, episode title. I, I now, remember. So while you're doing the ride along, you have a chance to play with any of the hot new snap changes. Yeah. Fresh off the press, we had a banger OTA. I think, as far as OTAs goes, these were some of the most dramatic changes. Like, they were taking swings here, right? Yeah, I can agree with that. Are you a bad news first kind of guy or good news first kind of guy? Oh, do you think there's bad news involved in this OTA? I think there's some really bad news to a large Ooh. portion of the player base. <laughs> mm, okay, well, give me the veggies Doctor first. Doom. Did you love playing Doctor Doom? Now you love playing Doctor Doom. Two points less. Doom bots down to four power... I was actually getting a little sick of Doom. Where do, where do you fall on your your opinion of the card? Were you getting so, sick of him? 
I, I wouldn't necessarily get sick of them. It's more so one of those things where it's like it felt a little, not tedious, but um, going through the motions with Snap in the sense of yeah. every single game, looking into at turn six, I always have to account for Doom. Yes. And like, yes. And, and it became I think very that's, predictable. Yeah, I think that's fine uh, that you should account for it, right? Um, but here's the thing. I don't account for Living Tribunal, for example. I never have that thought in my head of no. like, well, what if? It's just like, yeah, they're probably going to play Doom. They could maybe, if what if they do Magneto here? What can they pull there? That kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't think this change to make the Doom bots from 5 to 4, uh, so it basically goes effectively from a 6.15 to a 6.13. Yeah. I don't think this change is necessarily leaning towards power level. The reason Doom was so good in his, it's, it's, uh, let me rephrase. Um, I think it's because, as Glenn said, far and away the most played six drop, right? Yes. But yeah. that doesn't mean he's by far the best six drop in terms of pure raw power. It's because he is the best six drop in the sense that he doesn't need to be in a specific deck. Sure, a lockdown deck, like the High Evil lockdown, for example, yeah. or even yeah, the some, Lockjaw some version. There is a little synergy there, right? Where you, you're going to reap the benefits of that card. But otherwise, if you have the slot in the top end, just to be flexible, Doom's very good because it's just a nice catch-all card. Yeah, um, he's so and, flexible getting yeah. into locations that are locked down otherwise. The, the real loser here are the decks that were trying to get the reactivations with Odin. But those are kind of legacy ramp lists at this point because yeah. I feel like ramp has mostly gone into Black Panther Zola right now. It's yeah, trimming, they, I think they still they still do um, like the Odin thing and stuff, and I think yeah. they still play Doom just because it is still a good card. Right. And uh, let me like make sure I mention this first. This is not going to take the, the 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 play percentage of Doom like to skyrocket like level like down into the bottom, right? He's no, still going to be he's not one murdered of the best. By any sense. No, yeah. no, of course he's still going to be a good card, and you're probably going to have games where you're like, "Damn, if it was the old Doom, I would have won," uh, like yeah. those kind of things. But that's a good thing, right? We exactly. don't want. It's like it's like the arrow problem before she was changed. She was just a card that was a blanketly good card that's like do i have a five drop in this deck no well arrow works and even as yeah. it's a turn six play so that's the problem with snap in general at the moment um it's the fact that there is no best card um just in like a layman's terms it's always like what card is the best at just slotting into decks because you can't just be like well ronin is such a good card he should be played more well he yeah. needs people around him and cards yeah. around him that so people aren't going to play it as much i'm hoping we get more cards which it looks like we are based on some data mine stuff like like uh like uh dakin dakin yeah, yeah. Uh, um i think that's going to be a blanket good card for example Ooh, that you can just I slot into way to break any deck i am so excited dude i am so excited well just think about think about the sarah control deck playing killmonger yeah. with yeah. nova package and maybe if you really want to hit it, you can just be like throwing one like Carnage just to cover your bases, like just so you have a, a fail safe to, to turn on both Nova and uh, Dakin in a sense. Or For those I mean, of you who don't go, know, go like full, like the classic Sarah Miracle, strong guys back in there, Blade oh and um, Wing, right? Colleen Wing. Yeah. Pop, 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 discard getting double, strong guy pops up and he's just smacking you, man. I'm for those so of you hyped for these. Uh, who don't know, D uh, Dakin or Dakin, whoever it's pronounced, is a uh, data mine three four that yep. spawns a token to your hand, and that token is a sword of something. And that so it's very like Thor. Of... Instead of going to yep. the deck, it goes to hand, and it has a stat yep. line one one. 
And then, it's and then got... when it's discarded or destroyed, you double his power. And yeah. keep in mind, it's just doubling his power outright. So this is not taking consideration Nova buffs, uh, Okoye, right. you know, Forge, Shuri. There's a lot of ways to make this card really good. And yes, you can go all in into a destroy package, discard package, things like that. Um, or like I'm thinking, you can just slot him into decent Sarah decks and those kind yeah. of things. Because Thor this is, is already kind of on the edge of just being like good enough to just play wherever. And he, I agree. I think slots in similarly. So yeah, I would say I want more cards of that vein um, to like be more competitive against things like Doctor Doom and stuff like that. Because that's the problem. A lot of the six drops are just a little. Why would you play kind of thing? Like Giganto. Like why would yeah, you? Yeah, so play Giganto, Giganto like, actually honestly. more total power now, right? Yeah. But are you going to play Giganto instead of Doctor Doom? That was going to be my next question: Is if Doctor Doom lost? We're going to say half a step, maybe a full step. Who's nipping at his heels? Is there a deck that you actually start cutting him and you run something else? I was initially thinking, honestly, like, if you're just running Doctor Doom to have, you feel like you need a six cost, play Chavez. Maybe, it depends on the situation. I think Doctor Doom is still better than Chavez. Do you run yeah, She-Hulk? Yeah. She's also just a very good plug and play, but she loses out hard to wave. Um, uh-huh. And so I don't know, like Magneto could be the gap filler. Magneto's of... weird because in some matchups uh, he's, uh, you know, a liability. Things yeah. like uh, Darkhawk, for example, pulling Darkhawk into that Magneto lane can also, and especially if there's already the multitude of other four drops yes. like Rockslide, yeah, yeah. and you pull those into that lane, he's a liability. But against things like the High Evil Lockdown deck where you're pulling Storm and uh, Psychops out of there. Um, or you the reposition thing, the uh, Lockjaw. <laughs> Leave them yeah, exactly. The and then stranded. Wong and stuff like that, yeah, too. Yeah. Um, by the way, I tweeted this earlier. Um, I got my shit stomped in my third game of gold uh, in one of my runs today for Conquest. I was on High Evil Lockjaw um, uh-huh. just because I'm like, it's, it's, I think it's the best deck, so I'm going to play it. Yeah. And uh, a classic Wong style, like Gambit, you know, Black Panther, Zola list, like, and even had Absorbing Man, Ironheart, uh, White yes. Tiger. Yeah. wrecked me absolutely back, wrecked baby. me uh wong He's gambit like is insane against this deck i don't know if it's the right meta call for everything else but again nope. specifically it, the deck i was playing i think that's a very good counter because it's like yes. you you play it what most like five or six maybe you finish with six cards on board like a full lockjaw lane and one and one right yeah. so you know hitting hitting wong you know, between two and sometimes six times in a single go, uh, when you get like the real crazy like Wong Mystique thing off, you just win. So Oh yeah, yeah. Basically what we're saying, guys, is we don't want to play Cosmo in our decks, so you should play Cosmo to discourage other people playing Wong. That's we need the whole meta cycle around so that we can be free to still run Haivo, Lockdown, and Lockjaw. <laughs> but uh, going on to the next one for the uh, the OTA, there's another deck that I think could have a chance to you know reposition itself in the meta, and that's a Shuri Sauron deck. A hundred percent, baby. We have Red Skull, who He's is back. now no longer is he the what was he a five uh, nine technically when he was a, it was eleven. Oh or yeah, twelve. The, when you took one. his ability into account, yeah, yeah. Um, so he he's worse in this sense. He's been buffed to a five fourteen back receiving the plus two. So essentially, if you look at the original Red Skull being a 515, he's essentially been real long roundabout way been nerfed by one power. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. is how you look at it. Um, and this is great for that Sauron deck, which I've been playing a little bit uh, today after the OTA, and um, I like it. I, I think it's fun. It's so good. Like, Ebony Maw is is cool, you know, get, be able to play that on turn six, you know, that's that's uh, that always feels good. No, no, Brad, the, the cool thing is that the big Evo Hulk is still small compared to a doubled-up Red Skull. That's what I'm looking at. When I get Taskmaster yes. over on the copy and they drop Hulk and I still beat them, it's just so, it's so satisfying. Because a lot yeah. of the Evo decks, they play arrogantly and they don't bring Shang-Chi. And so then you just outrun them with these kind of stat lines. And um, it's great. Yeah, both the Evo decks, um, maybe the Lockdown is more likely to play Shang-Chi, but the... Yeah. The uh, Lockjaw version, usually the tech cards are going to be between Killmonger, Wave, and like some other interaction like that. But usually it's not Shang-Chi. Yeah. It's like something like smaller. Um, actually, it's almost always between Killmonger and Wave, now that I think about right. it. Um, I prefer Killmonger because I like being able to hit like Sunspot and Nebula. And then you can still kind of be okay against like the bounce deck a little bit. Yeah. Um, Wave is obviously way better against the bounce deck. But yeah, yeah, Shang Chi doesn't come up as much in those decks. So yeah, that's a that might be able to stand toe to toe against a, a big old Hulk. Yep, it's a, it feels amazing, and I love my boy Red Skull. Honestly, if you're dropping Doctor Doom like you were running Doctor Doom just because you thought you had to, playing Red Skull Zero is great. Mm-hmm. Also, honestly, playing Black Bolt Stature still pretty good. If you but then you have to squeeze in the two card combo instead of the one card, so it changes True. your deck building around a little bit, but. You could consider, instead of just the one six cost that you feel like you have to have a six cost, you don't. Uh, you could run some of these five and then a one with it that package a lot of points together. People need to experiment more with the uh, little, like, engines in decks, I think. Like, I love the Black Bolt Stature engine. I love yeah. the little, like, Miles Morales with, like, Polaris and, like, Jeff kind of thing. I, yeah. I think that's a very valuable uh, asset to have in your deck uh, in Marvel Snap. And um, people need to experiment with more little uh, niche things like that. Because you never know what you might stumble into. All right, Brad. So we're, we're deviating from the actual OTA to the wish list OTA. What if Heimdall oh, no. came down to a five cost? So you could play Heimdall plus Miles Ooh. in a move deck. He would be less power, of course. But uh-huh. I just think it would feel so much better. Like making like a 5-7? Yeah, five seven, five six, whatever you felt like the stat line needed to be, just so that you have that flexibility of him plus Miles. He moves everything. He could move things early, and then you can still come in with a six cost afterward. Man, I yeah. Um, either that, or they introduce like a card that just does the same thing Heimdall does, but to the uh, to the right. Uh, yes, Heimdall's <laughs> younger brother, Shimdall. <laughs> he goes to the left. What what character would you think that that could be? Because Heimdall's flavor is like he's the the you know keeper of the Bifrost, and like he's the, the, the that kind of thing. So like it oh, makes it sense, like that... the Rainbow Bridge. <laughs> what was the guy's name that took over running the bridge for Hela when she rules Asgard? And he's like uh, kind of a oh, doofus. Oh, and he, yeah, and he play. He's uh, he's in the boys. Oh, yes. my god, yeah. I don't remember. He um, took on like a funky name for himself, also. Yeah. He had the girls over and was showing them the the Bifrost yeah, controls. Yeah, because he had the two M60s. He had the was, he had yeah, yeah he had the machine guns from Texas. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember his name. Um, I I, but yeah, right. but but isn't that weird? How Heimdall? Um, I mean, it's it's nice flavor, but the Bifrost moves everything to the right, but Heimdall moves everything to the left, right? Yeah. Uh, so, um, I would say maybe we just get a oh. 
okay, we need another version of Thor, right? Because oh, look, okay. we we get we get all the other Spider Men, and I would like yep. the idea of having like, even though it's technically the same person, like same character, it's a different timeline. Yeah, hear me out, Thor. Uh, uh, but he's the one with Stormbreaker. Ah, Stormbreaker is going to summon the Bifrost. Sure. Yeah. And what happens is it does like a magic type of thing where it, it changes its location to the Bifrost and instantaneously activates the Bifrost. Oh, baby. So it goes to the right. What a move. What a move. Move Dex would rejoice. Yeah. Another mass move would just go. And like, like, could you be massive stereo. Like, imagine if he was like a five, like he was the five cost, right? Yeah. So you play him on five. Move to the right. Move back. And then to the Heimdall's, left. let's come back. Yeah. Oh, dude, the vulture Chaos. going up and like the dagger and craven. Oh, that would be yeah. sick. It'd be nuts. Ugh. If only, Man, if only move could be a little bit stronger. I mean, I like what they did with the spider cards, but I'm still not seeing move as a as a um, consolidated archetype find any kind of purchase so yeah, far. Right now, and unfortunately, the rest package. of these OTAs aren't going to help them out either. <laughs> The nope. month of the season of the move and season of the Spider Verse is delivering a lot of love for some other pieces. So we've got Nimrod. This one, I'm scared because you already brought up Dakin. Two mm-hmm. months from now, with Dakin and X23, which is the data mine for people, is coming out as a one-two. Oh, yeah. Regenerates when discarded or destroyed, and gives plus one energy on the next turn. It's regenerating additional energy source for destruction. I'm terrified of what. So Nimrod, right? He got one point added. <coughs> I'm terrified for the idea of being able to play either Nimrod as a cheat him out on turn four and then be able to combo additionally with him because when he gets multiple destructions, he can really get out of hand. And mm. he can be terrifying because you can't destroy him. <laughs> if he's getting buffs and you kill him, hit him with Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, he just comes back stronger. Or if destruction is able to get the, um, the null down sooner as well. The developers say that they test their cards in an environment that includes like cards several releases out. So... I guess they want this, or they, they feel like this is still fine. I'm really happy for this, because I felt like Nimrod never quite found a purchase. Do you see Destruction without... So I'm excited for them in the future, right? Once we get X-23, yeah, yeah. in and um, Lady Deathstrike. Do you see this Nimrod being able to find purchase now? Uh, I think there's something to a uh, Nimrod, like a Shuri package, just in a Destroy deck. Now, yeah. I, I don't think it's necessarily correct to go into it thinking I'm going to do like a all in on Nimrod where you're going like Shuri destroyer and like trying to right. do as many things as you can to like really play off of that. I think it's something as simple as just going your typical like Nova uh, Killmonger, all your destroy package stuff. So like um, uh, Venom, Carnage, uh, Deathlock, uh, all yep. these cards, right? And then just sneak in a Shuri uh, package with a Nimrod, and that's it. Meanwhile, having your top end be Null and uh, like Death, um, I think that on its own right there can be pretty successful. Uh, I just I think with cards like Nimrod, it's dangerous to go into that all in unless you get something that really goes into your rules of three to make it much better. Because typically, um, you want three enablers for uh, a type of uh, archetype, right? The reason, yeah. like, Shuri was so good before is because you have Shuri, you have Red Skull, you have Taskmaster, you have She-Hulk. Um, those were, like, a th- and, like, even Arrow was a part of that, too. Um, and uh, Destroy is in, the, is in the same way. It has three enablers in the sense of Venom, Carnage, and Deathlock. You have flexibility there. But Nimrod is different because Nimrod has Shuri and I guess Destroyer, and you could consider the other ones enablers, but they're a little bit clunky in terms of how you go about it. Yeah, you can't go all in. 
because they do their own thing outside of Nimrod and just in just the broader destroy sense. So yeah, I think that is the idea to go from uh, from here, and I think it'd be good. I really do. Yeah, I'm struggling with where it finds the best purchase. It's, you're torn so many different directions because it's the most fleshed out archetype that we have in the game. I think mm-hmm. I think it has even more um, components than discard right now, and. I think that you can lean into yep. like Nimrod plus Deadpool because yep. getting buffs on a card that you're destroying, they both are doing the same thing just at very different price points. And so you find one or the other and you go all in on one or the other. Or you get to play Nimrod alongside something like the Zola and the game plan of just Big Venom Zola. And so you have like those two, which can mm-hmm. do similar things. I mean, if you pop Zola onto Nimrod, you're getting 12 projected out on either side. That's kind of... I mean, yeah. that's going and that's nuts. not even considering if you uh, want to go for the 50-50 on Shuri, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Well, so, so then you could go to, instead of Black Panther, what if we do Wong? <laughs> Wong and Wong, well, Shuri. No, I mean, it's, it's such a stack. Like, if you get the perfect draw of being able to go Wong, Shuri, Nimrod, Destroyer. <laughs> you'd have to have ramp crazy. in there. Like, you'd have to yeah, be you have Zabu. Uh, like Psylocke You have Zabu, Zabu to get uh, the um, yeah. Wong down early. I'm just... May, or you could have Psylocke in there as well. I think it should be so funny, but it's so draw dependent. I don't think that's what you actually want to do. But then again, all the cards that I just mentioned work well with the version of Galactus right now. Yep. So I think that Nimrod is like in in depart. He's down to clown on people. If you get it together, they're not going to know what hit them. But it's really hard to see what actually emerges as the best version. And I'm honestly just waiting for X23, <laughs> and then I'm calling this meta. Uh, yeah, I think X-23 is going to help a lot because my yes. biggest issue with uh, a lot of these cards like Nimrod and Null in a traditional destroy deck is because while they can be powerful in their own right, they present this really big awkwardness of uh, how, where do you play them, like how do you like get them out because of their costs. For yeah. example, like what's one of, the, one of the best ways to play Null is in a Deadpool deck because you're continuing destroying uh, Deadpool and over again. Exactly. But here's the thing. When it comes around turn six... I want to play my Deadpool, too. Yeah. Because uh, to get the most value, I want to kill him on five and get him up to, like, 16 or something like that, right? Or even yeah, just, like, the more eight. times he doubles, it's exponential scaling. And so then you're passing out on a turn. You're just letting Deadpool sit for turn five. Or you're holding him in hand. And yep. then the null is sitting there. Yeah, so, like, X-23 can help do that. Um, like, where if you even just having that one extra energy on turn six where I can simply go null Deadpool in two lanes, that's very good. And we're not even considering where death is in this scenario, either. Yeah, so, yeah. Like that, that's where my issue is with destroy. It's just that it's a little clunky sometimes, just a teeny bit. So we'll see if X23 changes that and archetype on its head. Oh, yeah. All right. Final one. And this one, one of the most dramatic, Nick Fury. He was a battle pass card and immediately forgotten at the 5 7 stat line. Now been brought down to a 4 5. Zadus energy, same ability, adding three random six cost cards into your hand. Yes, he can create Agatha. No, it doesn't happen that often. I love it. I love it. Furious Dino, I'm calling it. I think he's going to be pretty good, especially looking at Conquest right now, where having the X factor of the opponent doesn't understand what those six costs are, and you do, and you have Quinjet. So, yes, they're random junk that don't necessarily synergize with you, but they're also discounted by one. 
it's a recipe for success, Brad. It's a recipe for I've, success. I, yeah, we talked about this in the past, like my weird uh, shield deck, right? Where it's like, uh, it's Quinjet. It has like pretty much it's all members of like Marvel that have either been a part of shield in some way or like helped them out. So I have like Lady Sif in there with like uh, the uh, Helicarrier and Ghost Rider and stuff and like all the randomness of yeah. it. Devil Dino and the Collector to get buffs. So that's a very cool way to go about it. Something very simple that I'm actually really enjoying is uh, a few seasons ago during the Shuri meta, I got to infinite with this uh, Devil Dino Darkhawk deck. Um, and I loved playing those two together because it gave you a way to play Mystique, where normally if you're in one or the other, Mystique's awkward because if you don't have your Darkhawk or your Dino in that sense, she's not very good. But yeah. because you're doing both, you can pivot if it's going to be a Darkhawk game or a Dino game, and Mystique can copy either one. And sometimes the stars align where you can do all three, right? And yeah. the nice thing is, one of your best turn sixes was after playing Dino, you go Mystique into Agent Coulson. Because get a copy, add two cards to hand, buff your guys. That's pretty nice. Now, if you have Zabu down, you have the option to go Mystique into Nick Fury on Which turn is six. insane. Very, very good. Very strong. So something as simple as that, I'm very interested in trying. I've had played it a little bit here and there uh, on the ladder. I haven't taken it into Conquest yet. I just want to see if, the, if that's how the list should be. Um, if, it like, is. If I Do should it. still it's be great. playing, if I should still be playing like White Queen and stuff, I'm trying to nope. find the Cut right the mixture of stuff. Yeah, that's what the, I'm trying to figure out. Because like, I, I cut Doctor Doom from that list, funnily enough, yeah. to put in Nick Fury to yeah. just try it. Like it's a lower curve. Like you top out a Devil Dino, and I'm seeing how that is. And Which is fine because he is giving you six costs, right? Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's been fine for the most part. I was, just, I'm just trying to see if it's the way you want to go. One thing I do want to mention real quick is we did get confirmation from Glenn that this change did coincide on purpose with the release of the Secret Invasion, the new show on um, uh, Disney Plus, starring, of course, Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury. And I saw someone already, uh, another creator, I can't remember who, who it was, uh, retweeted it, being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they actually like buffed him for the show." I'm like, no, no, no. That for clarification, that's not what Glenn said. The right. buff has been planned for a while. They just made sure to time it, the release of the buff, with the show. That yeah. is it. So do not sit there and think that they're buffing cards to make them more accessible for people because of the show. It's not. It's just they want to be able to line it up. Same thing with like season pass cards and like seasons yeah. in general. More thematic, so, exactly. And I mean, so everybody let's, knows let's he was a low performer. They're not like they're going to nerf him as soon as the show is over. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> suckers. Are you watching the show? I am not. I have not seen the. I haven't. Yet. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I know there's okay. only one episode right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I I usually wait on these because I'm not a mm -hmm. fan of the weekly release thing because I just want to kind of binge it or like watch it in my own time or have the option to binge through it in all like, yeah. like a few nights in general. That's how I Wife like it. That's what I did with Loki. So. Yeah. Wife and I try and target resubscribing to Disney Plus when there's like a Marvel and a Star Wars. So we're waiting for Ahsoka and then we'll probably, we could do some very belated TV show reviews, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly yeah. i'm cool with that I, I love i mean that's literally my degree is film so i can, go, I can talk about cool stuff yeah i'm super excited with this nick fury change i think he's going to see a lot more play and shout yep. out to that hawk dino deck being a great piece in conquest right now because the hawk and the rocks specifically the rocks are a soft counter to all the lockjaw shenanigans that are going on right now Very when true. lockjaw fetches a rock you snap on him right 
It's just mental warfare there. And then otherwise, it's just a very solid shell to put in. And the X Factor gives you an additional little edge that a lot of other Conquest decks don't have because they end up being very predictable at the end of a Conquest match. For you, you still have this X Factor. The opponent has no idea what you're about to throw at them. So I think yeah, we're going to see a lot more Nick Fury. Spider Pig until turn five, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. How do you like them so far, by the way? How do you like Spider Ham? Love it. I think that do he's you- insane. He's a card and a half. Like yeah, I could have, I honestly, the information at least. Oh, a hundred percent. I was going to say, I, I would have been almost sold on a one, one on reveal shows you the most expensive card in the opponent's hand, right? Let alone one, one shows you the most expensive card and takes that card's ability away. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I mean, I, we, I talked about it all when I guessed it on uh, snap judgments and stuff. Um, like in like leading up to spider him, I was like, please, do not show the card. That sounds way too good. And I think it is too good. Um, yeah. I don't think they're going to change it. I actually think my hot take is, I think they're going to like what they see from Spider-Ham so much that they're going to be like, okay, Iceman, Baron Mordo, you now show what what you hit now. Which well, um, one, That would be great. I could also see Spider-Ham just to... become a two-cost, like straight up one cost Yes, more. I think that'd actually be fine. Yeah. Because, right? like, honestly, like, could you imagine... Literally just a card that just says, like, reveal opponent's hand, like a 1-0. I'd play that. Oh, 100%. Absolutely play that. Their whole hand, the yeah. In the game. Yeah. So, yeah, we information is so important in this game. Um, yeah. And uh, Howard is underplayed, I, I think, to some extent. Um, but there is something about seeing your opponent's hand, uh, which is far more valuable than, like, knowing what your next draw is going to be. It's still valuable. Yes. A, a scry yes. is still no, good. Really is. But... You know, it's not a Thoughtseize. And Spider-Ham yeah. is the closest thing we have to a Thoughtseize at the exactly. moment. Exactly. Well, especially when it, you're in, like, Conquest, where the dimension of being able to bluff your opponent and the prediction level is just going up a lot rather than ladder with, like, just, like, random and whatever hand you have, you have. But, yeah, when you can ham out their good card and you know you hammed it out, and it's like, yeah, snap on them, man, snap on them. It is... He's warping the meta already. It's like discard feels I, terrible yeah. to play. Sarah feels terrible to play because like it pigged out Sarah. The linchpin of the deck's cut out from under it. The APOC gets pigged. Like, well, I can't scale that. So now I'm just mm-hmm. suddenly down like 16 points or like, well, not say eight points. Or if he does get this, if it's the right order, if he gets pigged and then discarded, it's like, well, <laughs> whoosh, yeah. you just watch it go up in flames right at your fingertips. Get a little burn there, so yeah. Well, I mean, he gets better as games go on in conquest. Because let's say you are going against a discard player in game one, you play the pig early, hit uh, apoc or even like a modok. They don't have apoc in their hand yet, yeah. right? Yeah. But you're like, okay, even if you lose game one, now you know you wait until we're coming into turn five. Try to manipulate your priority and get priority going into turn five. Pig, let the modok. It's like it's like old leech, yeah. right? Yes. Being able to like time it and leech their hand, and they discard it all, which I do miss that. I miss being able to do that. <laughs> Sucks that you have to wait, but you know, yeah, that's uh, no, exactly. It's great so powerful. Play. Which we should cover as a separate change to the OTA. Pig has been altered to base stats zero zero. No more wild zabu discounting pig shenanigans. Thank goodness that's gone. Honestly, I thought that that was yeah. just like a, a very silly interaction and a unimaginable that they had that oversight <laughs> like hey let's release him as a base four didn't test him with zabu ever one of the most meta cards in the game there's no nope, way this could go wrong i still love the shadow king interaction of shadow king being able to reset their picked card back down to, to zero 
So fear Ooh, not the pig not. Weird. Yeah. I, I understand it. But it is weird. It's a weird interaction. It feels like it's because technically I know technically they have to implement into the game that the pig has its own set value as yep. the token itself. Yep. But the way that the wording in the card is it never was its own thing. It's this becoming a pig that has these stats. So there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. in my mind, on one side, there's nothing to revert, but I also get how there's something to revert. You know, uh-huh, it's yeah, a yeah. weird interaction. Listen, Shadow King Nation needs everything they can get. <laughs> They're he's not still, doing so hot out here. He's good in Surfer. I, I still stand by that. He's pretty no, good. No, he is, and he just shuts bounce up. So Yeah. Bounce has got nothing on him. And if Shuri pops off with the new Red Skull, he shuts Very them true. up too. The only other update that we have is like bookkeeping is Krako. Krakoa? Krakoa is gone. They they cut that one out. It went the way of the other locations that are being removed for a full rework at an undisclosed future date. I am happy to see this one go. Ego is enough for me. Yeah, I don't don't like the idea of like specific turns getting interrupted, especially because it's turn five. We already have things like uh, Avengers Compound. We have Dream Dimension. We don't need more turn five, mess up your plays kind of thing, right? Especially because that setup in the turn from turn five to turn six is just as important as turn six itself. Yeah. I saw one person in chat that had a great idea for um, Ego is that each player during an Ego game would be given one reset. They could on one turn throughout the course, like tap on Ego's face and it would undo all actions and then do a reshuffle of the the randomness. And I was like, that would be great. So like that one time that you have the abysmal, I'm going to sacrifice my card to death's domain or something. It's like, all right, Mm -hmm. that one I take back. Or use when it early, uh, use it late. it's like It'd turn five, fun. you have the perfect card to play on turn five, like just to curve it out, like yes. Jane Foster yeah. or like Devil Dino. It's like, I'm going to play the Zabu and I have no other cards to play. Sorry. Yeah. You're like, yeah. please, uh-huh. <laughs> please. <laughs> no, the Zabu costs two, so I don't have extra energy to spend anything else in your hand. You that. didn't want to play the five cost? The five <laughs> cost that everything else synergizes around? Nope. Nope. I don't Ego think I will. Ego <laughs> says no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That wraps up. OTA, we've got more bangers releasing from Second Dinner, though. And you're going to have to find that out on the part two version of this episode, which is going to be on my channel, and the link is down in the description. And we will see you right over there. So stick around. Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast Hosted and produced by Bradsifer and Teddy Ninja. Originally created by Michael Thurman. Hello everyone, welcome to Can't Stop Snapping Part 2 of Episode 69, The Nice Episode. My name is Brad, otherwise known as Brad Zver, and I'm joined by Teddy Ninja himself. With still all here, of, still happy to be here. All of the, uh, the the board games in the back. Are you a board game enthusiast? Oh, I gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> do you like, okay, you know. more important question. Do you like uh, 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 ProZed, ProZD? Um, he's the voice actor. Um he has he does, he does a bunch of reviews on like board games. He's done a couple of like uh, skits for Marvel Snap uh, to like really? uh, sponsor the game. Um, no, I've not followed him. Most of my board gaming news comes from 
the uh, Shut Up, Sit Down reviews, and then also mm-hmm. the Dice Tower are the two like board game creators that I really enjoy. I do recommend checking him out. He is great. His Sweet. skits are always funny, like the quick like like minute or two kind of things. Like oh, I think he I used think to I do like Vine. Do know, I might know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, and he's a voice actor. He can do like all the different voices and stuff. And he's just he's a brilliant guy. You might have seen his videos because sometimes they trend on YouTube where he's like, "We're gonna try every single Oreo flavor today," and he used to do them all in one sitting. Yes. He's like, "I hate my life. I hate my life. I should not do this. This is disgusting." Was, was he the one with the snap ad about all the cows? All yes. the cards yes. are cow yes. heroes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yes. That's okay, his consistent thing him. with all card games. It, it's all cow related. That's his yeah, little all, inside like, joke. He'll thing. parody the games with like cow versions of the game components. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. He <laughs> is so great. I love him. He's, so He's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of amazing, we have another update coming from Second Dinner in the world of Marvel Snap, and that is the introduction of the new type of cash that you'll find in Collector's Reserve called spotlight reserve caches Ooh, this is huge absolutely so is this the best free-to-play update we have ever had i think yeah uh the other one being the uh abolishing of nexus events probably right Right. uh would be that um and but yeah this this is definitely up there because the one big problem that marvel snap has had for quite a while um at least in the sense of uh a lot of different avenues in terms of game balance and just player enjoyment, player retention, all that good stuff is the very simple idea of card acquisition. Um, and the rate at which you acquire cards, the moments you're like in, you get into series three, it starts to like slow down a bit or at least become feels overwhelming to an extent. Cause now we're at what? 96 cards as of recording. Yeah. And your acquisition three? is completely random. <laughs> There's no exactly. like crafting mechanism. Yeah. So one thing that they're doing to help, appease that in some way it doesn't help speed along the collection track for series three in particular but it does give people a new avenue of actually getting and acquiring series four and series five card and the problem with the those series as they stand right now is it's hard to basically tell someone to spend six thousand tokens on a card that is not a big bad right now in series five because yeah. technically it's not economically sound to do it and yada 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 so Teddy, how is it working exactly when it comes to the cash? Like, what is it going to consist of? How often are we going to see it? And is there any particular pull rate that we're going to be looking at? Yes. So we are getting these spotlight caches at highlighted times when they release new cards. And so you get a new stylized reserve on your collection track every 120 collection level. You get to crack one of these bad boys open. So it's going to be similar to... Well, I, I guess it's actually been gone now, but back in the beta days, you mm-hmm. had points that was like a guaranteed card that felt really good to be able to finally get to. They're just spaced out differently, and then they did a whole retool, but now they're kind of bringing that back. So you're going to be yeah. able to get the newest card releasing, and then you're pulling from a selection of, is it three other curated Series 4 or 5 cards, right? It's 25% yeah, yeah. odds so you on have all. your spotlight, and I think yes. two featured. Is it three total, okay. or is it... Um, three total. Yeah with also variants as backups so you if could you already have them it could roll you a card that you already own in which case you'll get a variant for that card um which i actually i'm happy with that as well like it, it's mm-hmm. very disappointing if you're in the kind of the mid collection range and you roll what you already have to get a variant but if you're at a very complete collection range getting a variant is kind of the best thing to open out of the collection level so that feels fine yeah and they are uh, what they're referring to as like what 
premium mystery variants, and they did make yeah. a note of saying they will not include pixels. Uh, yes, when you roll those, which I thought was a very funny thing to. Uh, oh, to and a breath of fresh air for everybody in my Discord who are like, "Well, I'll just roll a pixel. You will not well, roll a I pixel. Mean, you get a." There's that one guy who's going to be like, "I want them, and I want a pixel. <laughs> I wanted the pixel." I'm sure you did. Well, for can we have a petition that Hellcow specifically, if ever featured, will include the pixel? <laughs> yes, uh, there's there's a handful of cards. That I think the pixels are actually very nice. Um, Hellcow, for the reasons of being an abomination and like should not exist, is why it's so good. Modok is of a similar value of me, uh, yeah. uh, of me saying that. Yeah. Um, Helicarrier, Quinjet look very nice. Like they are actually mm. pleasant to look at. They make me feel yeah. like warm and fuzzy, like I'm playing an old like Super Nintendo game. Um, yep. And then you have uh, stuff like the goblins, for example. Green Goblin and Hobgoblin are some of my favorite pixel variants in the game. And some of my favorite variants in the game because of just, like, they, they're a bit more detailed. And they look pretty nice. It's just I wish yeah. every pixel variant had that level of detail. Right? Uh-huh. uh-huh. So. I do as well. <laughs> okay, I'll sit over here. But this, I feel like it adds a whole, an extra strategic element to the metagame of card progression. You have, mm-hmm. you, you get to look at the slate of releases in the month and you're like, okay, I'm going to get enough tokens to be able to outright buy this. Yep. Then I really want to get this other card. So I'm going to save my credits and then I'm going to do a blitz in the cash openings and I'm going to see if I can just pop open this other new card. And then for the other card, I'm going to wait on it basically. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. being get this, getting this influx of the newest cards, I hope this means that then they get good data on the card's performance, maybe even better than before with more of the community adapting them to be able to bring in changes on ones that are dramatically undertuned or overtuned. Because I feel like Second Dinner is pretty cautious on like they want to see a lot of data on a card before they make a change. And yep. what's ended up happening is you get the abysmal optics of right at Series 3, once enough people have adopted it, so they're like, yeah, this is busted, they'll nerf it before uh, it's widely accessible. And that just feels so bad. But now, yeah, you a think a card looks a... busted? Chase it, baby. You're going to have it, right? Yeah, I think, um, I, I will say they did mention that they don't want to encourage uh, cash hoarding. Uh, so if that does seem to be something, in, uh, and what I will say is that the fact that they mentioned that lets me feel like that they're aware, um, or at least they feel internally that token hoarding is a bit of an issue from their own perspective, because otherwise I don't feel like that would have even been a thing that they would have considered. Um, so I do think that the series cash or this cash idea will alleviate some of the token hoarding because like you said now you can target the cards that you really really want and you don't feel as bad about spending tokens that you've earned on these cards because now you have a chance of getting other cards that might not be as high in your list but something you're still interested in wanting to play like a lot of people really wanted to get iron lad because it's a very nice flexible card but it wasn't something as sexy as a galactus or a thanos right like it doesn't have that that allure of course exactly um so the, this is a nice way for people to have their options. Uh, their cake and eat it too, basically, right? So I'm hoping that we don't have any issues of uh, hoarding because I don't want them to change anything. Because then I think what would probably happen, the next step is them saying, well, because you're hoarding uh, these uh, reserves, well, now every time you level up and you ha- hit something on the question track, it just automatically opens for you. That's what I think would happen next if they feel people are hoarding. I would not well, like else, that. I uh... well, put, I know, I know. I don't like the idea too much either, because then you lose out on like different content uh, things yeah. as well, just like just the big mass like openings of things. But think about it: if you're second dinner and you're trying to solve the option, like the problem of hoarding, uh, I mean, 
other than like locking someone's uh they're they're like you, it doesn't let you go any further in collection track like it's like you try to upgrade a car it's like nope you have you have uh boxes you have to open you've reached your limit and like can't advance any further it's either that or automatically open that's the only two things i can think of from a business perspective of changing to alleviate this issue okay so you're saying people who oh, uh unlock a bunch of caches but then don't open them yeah, yeah, like hoarding them, like like to because people basically, the idea is like this might encourage for some people, like oh I know coming up you know in like three weeks I'm gonna have yep. these many things to target, so I'm just gonna have these fifty or so collection uh, uh, caches that I'm just not gonna worry about, so that way I have like ten uh, or uh, five because it's every um, every uh, ten is a spotlight. Um, so I'll have five of these ones, so I have a better chance of hitting it. I'm not, and I don't want to roll them this week because this spotlight one I'm not interested in, and the two featured cards I have one of them already. So I'm gonna wait until the next week where I have a better chance of hitting these like X cards, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right? It's a little yeah. encouraging to do that. What in if, this sense? What if they just made the spotlight caches, so these really good ones, on a yeah. decay? If you don't open it within a week, it goes to a normal cache. Oh, it becomes a normal cache. That that's another way you can do it too. Yeah. Um, if they have the tech to be able to do that, that could be a way around it. And then it's like, all right, I target now. I hoard up my 10k credits, blow through it, open what I can. And they're even saying that the variants they put time sensitive variants yep. in the wording. That's crazy. How are they making right. all these exclusive variants? It's probably like, a bunch of them that have been like we've seen like as unreleased on like Snapzone's yeah. website and stuff like that. Um, All right. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm hoping we get some cool ones, right? Like that's. Uh, yeah, I hope we have some. I've seen some incredible ones. I'll tell you that. Like the uh, the War Planet Hulk. I can't remember the name of the variant itself, but we're using like the Gladiator gear uh, gear as the axe and stuff. Gosh. That that one's sick. So um, good. So and all good. the other noir ones, like I, that is my favorite variant at the moment like our style or i guess archetype of variants or the noir ones um and uh, i i want also why stop at where we are with all the spider-men where's where's noir where's uh where's uh the uh where's the the tv show japanese spider spider-man yeah um can't remember his name sort of the why uh she's like penny Penny Parker? No, 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 no. Not from Spider-Verse. The literal no. old TV show. Like the one that like would hold a newsie sometimes. Oh, yes. Man, there's so much that they can keep on doing with Spider-Man and the Spider-Man villains too. Which, they're probably just going to wait for Spider-Verse 3, but <laughs> we'll see. 2025, baby. Oh, baby. Man. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm pretty excited for the, the spotlight caches and what it means. I think that, so, they're understanding of if you're not somebody who hoards and is like is not super strategic you just blow all the credits immediately right now you're getting about six thousand tokens mm. a season so that gives you your your s5 or if a card releases straight into s4 a nice little little bonus you're getting rebates by playing the new card on the weekend and then if you keep up with all of your dailies during the week you should be able to open enough progress on the collection level to give you by through the progress of this new spotlight cache, a 25% chance that you just cold open the new card that week. I feel like this feels great. Like, if you're free to play, I think that you get all but the Battle Pass card at this mm -hmm. point. 
if you if you're rolling the dice on each week of opening your caches and then if you if you miss and it was one that you really wanted you just have the token stockpile to be able to pick it up you're using the weekend missions to be able to get whatever rebate they want to give you it looks like it's going to be varying um every single week um so it can be hard to budget out there and it's still subject to change they're still waiting to actually release a successful run in fact um but it feels great. Like you wait on the battle pass, which could take a long time, honestly, to get the battle pass card with how much they are cultivating and curating the series five and series four collection. But if it's one mm. that you really want and you are getting a couple other new cards that are targeted through just the collection track, then you can have your tokens to be able to buy, you know, last month's card. I would highly recommend Hitmonkey. <laughs> I think he might be up there for a while. I don't think I would actually recommend Spider Gwen as a, as a token purchase. Yeah, I don't. I think she's very flexible and very nice in uh, decks that are even outside of move. I think that's actually yeah. where I prefer her. Um, mm-hmm. But she doesn't have that 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 impact level of like a hip monkey because you're not building an archetype around her. Yeah. Um, even though you think you would because it's move, but like she's just a good card. Uh, she's yeah. not something that I would you know jump over the moon for. You know. Yeah. So I have a, a main account and a free to play account. I love bounce. My favorite archetype. Free to play account doesn't have hip monkey yet. It is not the same. <laughs> I yeah, was trying it, and I mean, I'm like, man, I just get I, in the mirror matchup. I'm like, I think I lose. This guy's got the hit monkey. I don't. You got a slot in Cosmo, and hopefully you uh, <laughs> you catch him. I tried. I, I've tried a lot of things. I've tried control cards. I've tried uh, Wolfsbane, which is mm-hmm. like one price more, and still kind of pops up to a decent stat line with a lot of cards jumbled around her. But uh, yeah, not the same. Yeah, hit monkey is uh, one of the best season pass cards we've had, where it no one's going to really complain about it funnily enough like cuz it's it's in a weird archetype uh, cuz it's bounce it's in a it's in a like a, you want to play a bunch of small things so a lot of people's minds they're like it should be easy to counter or something like that like it should be easy to stop or interact with um and also the fact that everyone has kitty pride uh, at least everyone that was playing at that time to get her for free um two series 5 cards in your bounce deck or make and break that that entire deck it's it's insane yes and it's also worth calling out that they have a a tracker while you are opening your um spotlight caches so they have the set of cards that are in the highlights you open one you already own it you get the variant you open another one you're not going to roll like a new variant of that card that one Mm -hmm. is then taken out of the pool for you for that week so if you have the stockpile and you blitz the 480 collection level in the week to be able to open all of these caches, you're guaranteed to get every card, which means if you already own them, a variant, and if you don't own them, the card itself. Yeah, it, which it's is great. boon. Because, like, one scenario I can think of, right, is, like, when I was in Series 3 still and I was still going through it, the, the collection track is sometimes kind to you, and you get, like, some cards in succession that, like, at least go in the same deck. Like, Destroy is a great example, just because a lot yep. of them are in Series 3, looking at Venom and Deadpool and things like that. Um, and maybe you might be in a position where you pulled Venom, and you're like, wow, I can actually play a bit better of a, a, a deck, but you really want something like a Nimrod, or you really want something like a Null to kind of, like really bring that package to a different level and now you have that ability to do so in a much more feasible manner thanks to these caches uh by able, yeah. like, like i said target one thing you know roll for these and the other um and it's, it's going to help a lot of series three players that aren't yet seriously complete still have more complete decks that can keep up with people that are at higher collection levels like playing conquest and things like that for an example 
Yeah, we talked about this a little bit last week, but it is actually like if you're if you're following the optimum progression path, you don't want to finish series three and then try and finish four and then try and finish series five. The yeah. fastest progression is if you start dipping into all the pools simultaneously because they have these catch-up mechanics that if you're incomplete somewhere, then you have better odds of picking those cards up. So I think this is actually like it's it's a pretty big pretty big boon. Now, brand new into series three. I still wish that there was like some form of of crafting. Maybe we'll see how well this helps balance well, out. Well, it There's sucks because so like, many so many linchpin series three cards that mm-hmm. then just rolling the dice every single cash on like what you get can take a very long time to feel like you have a meta deck. So they got rid of the token thing for series three and they replaced it with the mystery uh, series three card. Yeah. Do you think they could comfortably? bring that like let's find a middle ground like maybe you don't have the series three one rotate as often maybe you have a spotlight series three section instead of the mystery one and it maybe it's like every other day you get a new card there like uh, maybe like two or three times a week you get a new card there um for series three players just to give them something to kind of help catch up you don't want people hoarding it's it's funny they don't want people hoarding tokens seemingly right but they took away the best way to spend tokens in a lot of people's minds because series three was the most daunting one to get through and you gave people the ability to kind of help you know pull themselves through the mud so to speak to get some cards especially ones that they could target but then you took that away so Second the targeting kind of... mechanic is uh, would be brilliant, and I think that a good way yeah. they could implement it is marry it with that fifth cash that you open in terms of the weekly progress. Mm-hmm. Then you get get something like a so like on the weekly you could have a selection of like I don't know how they they'd have to update the UI with what I'm envisioning here, but something along the lines of you finished enough of the weekly missions, you're a consistent player, mm-hmm. you're contributing to the community here. Second dinner sees that you're not series three complete. Here you have something that you can like a it'll be an extra currency. You can tag an unowned card in your um, collection, and then it gives that card double chance of getting pulled from a cash. And then you, if you don't pull it the next week, you can stack it on there again. So now you're up to X4 chance of pulling that from your next cache. And just keeps on, it gives you another way to target, but then also has you interacting with the collection level. Similar to how, like, basically like the booster magnet. You get a, a yeah. magnet to put on cards for the, the cash pulls. It, which I wish we would get that still. I know they said they don't plan on doing that anymore because of the way that the double booster thing works now. Yeah. But I still don't think that's enough. Either we need universal boosters or, again, like if you have a deck, it's like, okay, I choose this one to be the my, my Agatha, so to speak. Brad, like, I've got I've got 5,000 medals in Conquest. I'm going to go boosters out my ears, man. Right. <laughs> I think that oh, I'm going to be God. able to fully level all my, uh, all my collection here. After it this all goes to alone. one card. Congrats. You got 5,000 Green Goblin boosters because that's our variant for that, uh, for that month. Uh, Enjoy. I have him in every single one. Outside of the great news that we have in terms of these caches, again, this is something that's going to be is really great in terms of being on paper. I think it's a great step forward. Uh, there's still things I want to see Secondator continue to build upon and keep improving the game. But again, hats off to them. This is a great step in the right direction. Otherwise, we also have a couple of updates in regards to weekend missions. Uh, there's going to be um, some other ones. Uh, basically, they said that the issue weekend missions were solved in today's OTA, and then they're going to have uh, the next weekend missions should be running smoothly, should involve uh, Spider-Ham. And in regards to the compensation this from the mean, first set... Does this mean what? that uh, Spider-Ham is no longer in my shop if I've bought him? Is that, is that, 
I actually didn't get to check if that was resolved. I don't know. It's uh, it was in they my shop earlier. You, they would but... charge you twice, which was <laughs> crazy to me. Yeah, like if you bought them, you could buy them again. Your tokens were truly gone. Uh, but yeah, so the conversation is going to be rolling out uh, next week is the, what they're saying in regards to the Silk season, our uh, weekend uh, missions. So 1,000 yeah. tokens for anyone that purchased Silk during her Spotlight Week, 150 gold for anyone who purchased the season pass during week one or week two, and then all players are getting 200 credits straight into their inbox. And then, of course, in regards to the Spider-Ham issue that recently happened on his release, the Collector's Reserve issue where he wasn't popping up in them says the yeah. issue preventing spider ham from appearing collector's reserves was solved in today's ota as well spider ham is now available in the reserves as intended and you will be uh, they'll be sending three thousand tokens to players that would have opened spider ham and collector's reserved uh while the issue was active um so i guess they can see on their end of like what that card would have been um it was supposed to like be spider ham i guess for certain players so it's a it's weird to me that they can see that um, it, that's because, surprising to me that they know if you would have, but then the bug was preventing it. Like, okay, yeah. So I like, mean, it's if he great wasn't, that they're getting the compensation. If he wasn't but. in the cash, how does the game even try to pull him anyway? That's that's where I'm confused by that. But look, yeah. regardless, some people are going to be getting three thousand tokens right off rip, and they can go put that towards Spider Ham or hold off until twenty ninety nine next week or whatever. Maybe Dagan. they want to get Stegron. You know, whatever. Don't get Stegron. So, don't do that. <laughs> Dude, I've been wanting him in a reserve. I don't want to spend the tokens on him. I'd like to play with him, though. I'd like to try him, like, effectively. <laughs> I think he's an interesting That's... card. I, I think he's a cool cool little guy. He's a lizard boy. I, I want to smack some people around and move him around and stuff like that. Yep, you know, yep. kingpin shenanigans might be funny. Uh Maybe you can like you just like like Moon Girl and then go Kingpin Kingpin like on six uh, or no not on six I guess okay. well technically okay. you could well you can go Kingpin and then Kingpin and then Stegron like some yep. Zabu shenanigans like and just I don't know I don't know All right. if you get it together call me because I've I've tried mate I've tried <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think that's pretty much everything in terms of updates that we have uh, was there anything else that they mentioned that I've just been oblivious to. In terms of updates, I think we have everything a little like the elephant in the room is the tip of the Metaspear High Evo, who yes. it felt like the devs had all but said he was getting nerfed in the previous patch and nothing here. Not even a mention. I was shocked that they didn't even mention that he the the fact that they're they're leaving him in the state that he's in. It feels well, like he's kinda overtuned. So here's the thing. Glenn did answer a question uh, regarding this exact topic in the Ask the Team section. And he said that they, two things. One, changes that they would implement into High Evolutionary are not as simple as changing very simple uh, numbers in the card text. And they don't want to alter vanilla cards stats. That's problem number one. Problem number two is he said, on the ranked ladder... He is uh, the deck is not neither version is not overperforming up to their metrics on the ranked ladder. In conquest, however, it is overperforming, and they're trying to have internal discussions on what that entails and how they approach that Why? in terms of game balance. Why do you think that is? Uh, it's a far more flexible deck in terms of conquest. Um, it's a very well-rounded deck that allows you to kind of like you know. Um, be pretty consistent. So when you have, you know, uh, multiple games to go off in a row against the same deck over and over again, you should eventually, in that idea of a deck, 
perform up to par and be able to be flexible um, in what you're doing and also kind of re- respond to what your opponent's doing uh, with skilled players, of course. And then that should let you win the games. We're in the singleton aspect, not singleton, but best of one aspect of the latter. It's just like you're just trying to go through the motions and play it to the best of your ability in terms of how the deck should be played on the surface level. You don't get into those nuanced plays of like knowing what your opponent might be doing, knowing what the deck is ahead of time going into each game of conquest. So I can see the differences in that sense of Man, bo- am, like piloting the decks, but I, am I don't know. Baffled that he's not doing so well on ranked. I'm wondering, like, I'm already going into the point of like, do they have enough sample size? Like, is it that so many people are coming over into conquest and like conquest feels more tryhard, so they play their most tryhard deck there, and then they go to ranked and they want to break. And they're playing something else. I, they see I, so don't, much in I don't think that's the case because I, if I go into uh, the regular ladder to like before I go into a conquest, which is kind of funny that I'm basically doing that now. I'm basically testing my decks, not in improving grounds. I'm going into just the ladder. Um, I think it's better uh, practice than proving grounds. Proving grounds is yeah, <laughs> snap uh, snap. All right, so eight I'm, cubes I'm for going, no reason. I'm going into that, and I'm still seeing quite a bit of evolutionary. Okay. And think back of when it first came out. Everyone got them. Everyone oh, got them. Yeah. Of course, we didn't have the, 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 the fine-tuned build that we've stumbled upon now in both the Lockjaw and the Lockdown versions. But still, so many people have that card. And, uh, and I, yeah, I think it's... Um, I, don't, I don't think they, it's a lack of data thing. I, I think they definitely okay. have enough There's data. There's actually a difference between a, a Conquest powerhouse and then a ranked meh. But this is exactly why... And again, I know Glenn doesn't want to do it because he's saying that, like... Uh, it's too long already. We don't want to add more time to it. And I, I know if I, I've gotten some pushback from some people in regards to this, but a sideboard would be like just of two cards, a two card sideboard for conquest. And, you know, and don't worry. Some people are like, well, you shouldn't be able to switch and change your deck so often. No, no, no. You know how to fix that or solve that issue that people have been saying to me. Guess what? Your little health bar. First time someone goes past the halfway point. At any point in the match, someone goes to the halfway point. And even on games where it's like the first game, eight cuber. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everything stops for a second. You can right. sideboard if you want. And then this is your only time to sideboard. Sure. Or it pulls maybe, up the menu, your deck is up top, and then your sideboard yep. is down below, and it's just those cards that you've already just selected for the sideboard. You can select and, the sideboard by hitting the customization option next to your card back is your yep. sideboard. And maybe you can um I guess if you want to go a little bit like a team bit further, you could for whenever either player goes halfway so like let's say you and i are playing i go halfway we can sideboard and then you eventually go halfway then we can sideboard one more time and that's it max two cost you one health to sideboard hmm it hurts because the losing player is probably the one that wants to so it's like do i take the additional hit to sideboard because I feel like that gives me. But the, the winning shot player is probably going to sideboard a little bit too, right? And, they, they and, like, could, if for you're sure, a, yeah. and if you're a winning position, you're you're willing to get rid of that one life, especially if you want an eight cuber, for example, to yeah. be like, I just need one more win, and this is going to help me get there. Um, maybe that doesn't balance out very well. Then I don't know. Yeah, I, I yeah, maybe not. But I I think just giving one or two chances to sideboard in total for conquest would go a long way. And again, it would alleviate these weird situations. Because I said this. A month ago, two months ago, when we first found out about Conquest, we knew it was going to be kind of like battle mode. I'm like, dude, they're going to run into issues where how do you balance the game? Because one deck's going to be really good in Conquest and one's going to be not uh, as good in uh, Ladder or vice versa. 
How do you balance them? Because you want well, all think, modes to be playable. I think you still nerf the one if it's overperforming in Conquest, and then it's just like not playable on ladder, maybe, or only a certain core of players will play it on ladder. I think it comes down to like how, what like the majority of people are playing and like where secondary values uh their true representation of marvel snap is it the latter is a conquest uh, it's tough i don't want to be in their shoes i have some answers for them but again i understand not <laughs> wanting to be in their shoes of yeah. like dealing with this kind of issue right i mean but, for me personally i've played probably twice as much conquest as i have ladder this season and that's only same. because conquest wasn't even open for the first week <laughs> so i'm like the conquest andy like i want i want things balanced there and mm -hmm. uh, man, I'm so conquest pilled. I'll jump into ladder, like basically accidentally. I'll just out of habit press play, thinking that I'm going into conquest, and I'll play like one match. I'm like, it's over. It's like mm -hmm. such a dip. It's like already. It's such a yeah. different mindset of like I was already planning out. Okay, so in my future matches, I play. I'm looking to this to snap on this. They'll play that. I'll answer with this, and it's like, well, I guess I'll never see them again. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I played uh, ladder day one. And got to infinite in the first like six hours of the season, yeah. um, with uh, pre nerf Galactus. So you know, I, I'm I'm happy to be able to have conquest, and I think it's a, the the best mode to play at the moment. But yeah, I don't know. We'll you see think what that happens. The Galactus time, changes have landed. Have you have you played around with your boy anymore? I have, um, and I am just not too into the shuri like weird like iron I don't lad like, i don't not like iron, I'm sorry, iron fist iron fist yeah um it's just a little weird it's a little clunky and goofy i think it's just a little too much big brain idea of like we got to make it work honestly i think the best way to play galactus is just the classic version of galactus and just accept like you're gonna not get as easy of wins as often but still understand at least in terms of the galactus play but still understand that the seven power even if they stop it you can still win through pure power anyway doc ock is a powerful card maybe you tech in some other cards like i do like the idea of like doc ock and like ghost spider pulling it away out of that yeah. over uh, saturated uh lane that kind of thing i think the deck yeah. is still perfectly fine and i guarantee you in the next month It'll probably pick up steam again, and people realize, you know what? It's still a B tier deck. I think that's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's where, it's where it is. I think it's where it should be. It's where most decks should be. They should all be in that middle, that nice little bell curve. Should all have that nice center point for where everyone is. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, man. Talk about a deck that is kind of skewed versus Conquest and Ladder, right? The the bag of Absolutely. tricks Galactus and then Rank just like oh surprise I was Galactus gotcha eight cubes conquest that uh, doesn't happen. I will say though that junk version of Galactus is very intriguing. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking about like with like the, it does like the Viper debris stuff and everything mm -hmm. and like uh, and like the hood and you're like oh it's just a junk list but then they like do sentry. things to like I got hit by a Sentry Void. Yep. Kill me yeah. now. And like, and then you just have Galactus in it, and like some ways, like Ghost Spider, um, or like whatever, like certain like ways to basically, and like an Iron Fist is in there, I think, just to move some stuff out of the way, um, like your debris stuff or like things like that, just to like line up your Galactus, but not in a super obvious way. It's Why do people feel like they have to be so flashy with the the Ghost Spider and the Iron Fist? Just play Cloak. Galactus yeah, used yeah, to play yeah, yeah. Cloak. I guess you have the turn delay. Is that is it too slow? I'm too much of a boomer. I'm like, I just want the cloak and then move to the side, open it up for the Galactus. Yeah, uh, and maybe it's just that um, 
outside of cloak cloak would allow them to move like a hobgoblin that you landed out of the way as well so maybe you're defeating that's true the gain that you're giving yourself by sending those across Hmm. yeah it's weird but i think galactus is a good spot and i think that that's an interesting way to go about it um I don't even think like was there any other things that got heavily hit as far as nerfs other than Galactus? Like everything else seems like in we've been waiting on the Haiva thing, um, yeah. which I I seriously still think is just some tweaking of the afflict stuff, like uh, yes. the thing and like because when Glenn said it's not as simple as just changing some numbers in the text, I was a little shocked by that because my thinking was the thing should just only hit two two things or have the same idea of wasp where you know how if you have one card with uh, and you hit with wasp it only afflicts the one or if you have the two yeah. it'll afflict the two what if the it thing was the same thing cards. yeah and instead of like the thing just hitting the same one card three times it has to hit one two three that might yeah. be better um wasp should only hit one ever for like, sure being effectively yes. a, a, a zero three is too much way too good especially when they go storm thing wasp now i will say my controversial take is that i think cyclops is actually in an okay spot yes he's pushed he's pushed however we've had things in the past with like storm juggernaut jessica jones like ways to basically control lockdown location like that's already existed and this is just another avenue of that regard and if you were to change him in the sense of like, oh, he only afflicts one every time uh, for a turn that you float instead of two. Well, now if I have a sunspot or a nebula in that lane, I can just outscale him way more efficiently to where he's basically not even there. Like two yeah, is on, where he's, he's there. He's on the delicate max. balance of like going down to one is too little. Yeah. And then leaving him here feels strong, but like. You, you grin and bear it. You can counter it with mm-hmm. something like the um, the Luke Cage tech and some other yeah, tricks. Yeah, yeah, Which is, again, why or, like a sideboard so you don't have to throw yeah. in Luke Cage every single deck. But the big Just one is Just only Hulk. play one card across from him or no cards across from him. Then he's not generating any value. So you have you have some recourse. Yeah. All right, guys. Get the ladder shape up a little. Make them make understand how powerful this is. I know you guys can ladder with Evo. <laughs> Prove it to second dinner. <laughs> yeah, get him a little bit better. And then, of course, Hulk needs to be changed to plus one instead of plus two. I really do think that. Um, I would also also fix fix the floating on six. Okay, yeah, he does that counts. I would rather see like a a cap, put a put a high end limit on the boy, add and but still let him gain the two when you float. Okay, what would your cap be at? Probably eighteen. I think twenty is too much. Well, if you did a plus one, then technically his cap would be eighteen. Yeah, but you have to float every single time to get there. This way it's easier on a- to get but there. But on average, I mean, playing Haivo, I float probably four or five most games. Four, pretty easily, four turns, right? Yeah. And at that point, he's still a 16, which is where Destroyer used to be, if you remember. Feels People great. Wanted, like, that's still really good at 16. Yeah. Here's the thing. He shouldn't stand toe-to-toe against the Infinite. <laughs> Flavor-wise. Come on, huh? I just don't think it should do that. Oh, but he's he's Hulk army. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I understand that he he's really oppressive right now, and the deck as a whole is very oppressive right now. And well, he's one of the most flexible pieces. But yeah, his his stat line is suddenly elevating him to like the premier drop. That's unstoppable. I think he needs to be limited somehow. Yep. Yeah. But I think that's a good spot to uh, to wrap up. We got a little bit of a meta discussion in there. A lot of cool stuff, though. I'm I'm really excited. Like the OTA is really great. The the caches coming out is gonna be great. 
Um, again, Snap is moving in the right direction that I think is going to be nice. Some things need to continue to be changed, but for now, Second Editor is doing a solid job of like responding to... Uh, uh, you can call it feedback, uh, I guess, yeah, if yeah. you want to be generous. Um, Hate mail, and if you want to be less generous. But yeah. they also have said they're taking their summer break, so there will be no OTA. They will be back with a full patch on the 11th. So we get to just sit back. We actually get to explore other topics, Brad, than just <laughs> patch changes. So leave us comments down below. Let us know. Hit up the mailbag. Uh, some other stuff that you might like to see us uh, discuss looking to find some guests as well to be able to round out discussion, have some fun ideas. So looking forward to being able to fill some more podcast time without just this cards plus two. What do you think of that? It's great. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and of course you can uh, go in the description down below and you can find both of our discords hop in those. Uh, there's gonna be mailback sections in both those as well. If you want to leave any suggestions for the show, any questions you have for the show, that kind of thing. And although by the way, Hey Teddy, where can they find you if they're interested in hearing more about your wonderful takes. Yeah, hop into the Discord. Also, you can find me specifically on YouTube at Teddy Ninja or Twitch, Teddy Ninja 15, streaming Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and trying to get deck guides out on the other days. So, got a lot of stuff coming out for you guys. And of course, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Bradsfer and YouTube at Bradsfer, all that good stuff. And of course, I'm in the Discord as well. But that's going to really do it for us this week. Uh, can't wait yeah. to talk about more stuff next week that is not centered around the same old, same old. And uh, we'll probably cook up something interesting for y'all. So you have there to stay go. tuned. Thank you so much for uh, supporting us and you know giving us a watch and uh, or a listen if you're an audio listener. And we hope you listen to us again next week. So bye right. Don't stop snapping. <laughs> Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast hosted and produced by Bradsifer and Teddy Ninja, originally created by Michael Thurman.